at some point. Well, how was uh, Sunday services? They were good. Um, it's been a week, man. Yeah. yeah uh, I mean, nothing too really ordinary. It was, word was preached. Christ's body and blood was given out. Yeah. That's kind of... That's a... Yeah. What you expect, I guess. Right. Uh, um, it's a yeah, run-of-the-mill yeah. Sunday. Nothing out of the ordinary. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was a busy yeah. one for me. Yeah. And I taught, played in the band. It gets... I mean, you do two services on Sunday, so you're not... But you go from the, you know, kind of that adrenaline of teaching. Yeah. And then you got to make sure that you can keep time on the drums. That's, (laughs) (laughs) that is not the easiest thing in the world at all, at all. Uh I need a rest though. Like I need to find a way to like relax. I don't know how to relax. Yeah. What do you do to relax? Like, what does uh, Coleman Geraci do to relax? <laughs> Other than, of course, having these chaps chats that are yeah. just hanging out and having fun in the chaplain's office. Yeah. Which is uh, what we are doing tonight. Honestly, this is one of the the releases, I guess, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when we, and, you know, when we did our podcast a few weeks ago on rest uh, rest and yeah there are certain things that recharge you that aren't necessarily like shutting down your body but they're just Mm -hmm. engaging yourself in a different way and these conversations especially you know the one that we had about uh, (laughs) the controversial topic of predestination and election yeah last time that was that was that was i don't know if i have the brain cells for that tonight to be (laughs) honest with you oh come on uh, I really don't know if I do. That's oh man, but that was a yeah, good conversation though. Yeah, I I mean to rest. So well, I and I shared this in one of our episodes. You know, Rachel and I were sitting down and watching the, the office, office together. Yeah. So that was that I was love part of that and, show. And and we made it through. And I realized I had not the seen, whole thing already. Yeah, but we I mean we started in like season seven, like the latter part of season seven, oh. or season eight. Yeah, because it was, because I knew I'd seen everything up through season seven when Michael Scott leaves. And Wait, he leaves? Spoiler alert. What? <laughs> That's, uh, okay. Uh, no, wait, yeah. hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. Did you just ruin <laughs> the office for me? It's ten years old. How could you... Oh my gosh! I'm just kidding, man. I've seen that like four times all the way yeah. through. <laughs> yeah. So, but but I had not seen the, the finale. Yeah, the series, the 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 final season in its entirety, and and yeah, the final the the final episode itself. And I'll be honest, like there were some like heart pulling moments of like there were oh, yeah. This one is, of the greatest yeah. quotes in all of television canon. Mm-hmm. Or just all in Hollywood's canon. You know exactly which one I'm talking about? Is it Andy Bernard's? It's Andy Bernard's. Yeah, yeah. I wish there was a way to recognize the good old days before you left them. Right. That was great. 
That and was he, such a great quote. Yeah. And then uh, what I thought was really interesting, the episode prior to that, um, it ends with Jim and Pam, and they're reflecting on their marriage. And a voice voiceover comes in, and it's somebody, it's reading 1 Corinthians uh, yeah. 13. Yeah, it's and, his brother and, at their wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I, th- I, just, I thought that was pretty cool too and the standard uh the standard yeah. bible reading at every wedding that is ever <laughs> taken place <laughs> no Do you not use it no. no ephesians 5 baby that's the standard you really like to throw in that submission right from the get-go <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> well i i just i mean well that's 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 an interesting topic i mean first corinthians 13 yeah um the love chapter like it's it's a wonderful chapter. It's it's in the Bible. It has to be wonderful. <laughs> so, um, but there's a uh, you, you start one. Um, you know, there's I think it's the King James version. Charity, uh, charity, suffereth yeah, long. Right, which is which is an interesting uh, translation on that. I don't and, know why they chose charity. I well, I'm sure there's a reason, mm-hmm. but it, it's the same like. I don't know. I, we've been talking about that Legacy Standard Bible and, and how it mm-hmm. translates Yahweh in the Old Testament, which I think is a really interesting translation technique. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. Why did they choose certain things as far as the King James goes? Like, why charity instead of love? Yeah. I, and yet it's still people's preferred translation. I, like, not that it's a yeah. bad translation, right? Right. Again, <laughs> I don't care what translation you read. Just read the freaking Bible. Right. Um. <laughs> but don't tell me that it's the only translation. <laughs> right. That's the problem that I get yeah. into. And I'm like, honestly, like I've been reading this legacy standard Bible for a few weeks now. Mm-hmm. And I like, I don't know. I, you know, I'm an ESV guy like yeah. through and through, but I'm starting to wonder if this is the LSB, the Lord's sovereign Bible <laughs> instead of the eternally sovereign. Bible. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I, um, yeah. But it's really good, man. Like it's really good. Well, but that Anyways, chapter back yeah, to yeah, so, First Corinthians. So, so that chapter, and what what is, and this could go down a long rabbit hole. But you know, there it, it, it describes love, obviously, mm-hmm. patient, yeah, you know, most patient, kind, long suffering. You know, does not envy, does not boast, all those things, and. There's a part of it that is, and this is kind of tying to to law and gospel. Well, love is the fulfillment of the law. Paul says that in Romans. And so when you see how he describes love in all these these ways, you realize that, okay, so that's the fulfillment of the law. And that is what we should all be striving for. But then there's all of a sudden you start to go, well, I wasn't patient with my wife today. You know, I wasn't, right. definitely wasn't patient with my kids today. And you go, oh, man, like who can do this? But that's when you go, wait a second. This is this is about love, and it's about perfect love. But who is that perfect love? Right. Well, then you look to the cross, and you go, oh, it's Christ. And so there's – I just – Which is why I feel like it I, still is a, a good verse for marriage ceremonies. Yeah. It, like I, – I, a good section of verses. I'm not going to stop yeah. quoting it. Is basically what I'm telling you. I think yeah. it works. Right, for yeah. No, it, it it does. It does. But it, it, it and you see that most 
challenged in a marriage for sure. Correct. Because you have to be patient. You have to be kind. You have to Correct. be long-suffering um, with with your spouse. There, I mean, if not, it's not going to last. Um, and that is, well, that's a violation uh, of God's design. So. Correct. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's interesting. I uh, I remember the first time. I I want to say that like I heard it in a movie one time, mm-hmm. and I was like really like, oh, that's such a good set of verses. And I went looking for it. And of course, me being raised in an independent fundamental Baptist church had dog on King James, and it was like, why can't I find this? Yeah. And I heard somebody quote the actual s- section, and I went to it. And I was like, charity? Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Who made that authoritative translation decision? <laughs> but, and yeah. yeah, that's a whole discussion for another time is, is Bible translations because yeah. <sighs> people I make mean, it. I, I, listen, I, it may just be an independent fundamental Baptist thing. Did you know that there's a website called KJV Churches? That is a database that will tell you about churches in a given area and whether they're King James or not. I believe it. We've got we've got the same type of thing in in our Lutheran circles of those who are liturgical and those who are not. Yeah. Like so, I mean, yeah, that, that does not surprise me. That's and I'm crazy sure, and I'm to sure, me. I'm sure if you went on the other end, like what churches are accepting and tolerating and stuff like that, you'd find yeah. that too. Sure, I'm sure. But, like, I mean, I make fun of it, but, like, I taught out of the King James today because I was teaching the older folks of our church. Mm-hmm. And that's what they generally use, right? So, like, when I taught, I wanted to make it, like, easy for them to reference, so I use the King James. I don't dislike the King James. I just don't prefer it. Yeah. And re- refuse to let anybody tell me that it is. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the, the only... The only because I I get some people that try to tell me that in like extended family or whatever, and I'm like, listen, they're like, those new translations take things out of the Bible, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, actually, they were translated from young like older manuscripts. So, did the King James add two, or was it taken away? But anyways, that again is a discussion for more brain cells and a different time. Yeah, because. I ain't got it tonight. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> we got. Well, well, go ahead. How was the, how was the game? Mm. That's right. Jack and I. This this was an exciting Friday night. Was well, last Friday night was um, an exciting time for me because it was the first sporting event that my son wanted to attend with me. Um, we've been talking about going to a Tigers game, and we're going to get there before I leave for California, but. Um, yeah, we, we got a call, and he, they were like, hey, we got tickets to the Lions game. Do you want to go? And I was like, let me ask Jack. Because, like, to be honest with you, the answer for me was no. I have no interest in going to an NFL preseason game. <laughs> like, not at all. I On a yeah. Friday night, no. I would much prefer to be in my home. But if Jack wanted to go, like, obviously I'm going to go. And I said, hey, bud, you want to go to the Lions game? It's football. We used to watch it, and he's like, "Yeah, that would be fun." So I was like, "Okay, here we go." So, um, what should have been a twenty-minute drive down to the stadium took me an hour, <laughs> yeah. um, because not not necessarily because of like game time traffic, which there was. Uh, the normal way that would take to get onto the highway, 
this ramp was closed. So then I like turned down the next road and went up a little bit and came back around and that ramp was closed and I ended up having, it was whole disaster. It took me down. We were late to the game, which is fine. Um, sat down in our seats, not our seats, actually the row behind us. Cause somebody was sitting in our seats and I was not about to be like, Hey, you're sitting in my seat when I've got a whole row behind me. Right. Um, so we sat down, we watched three plays. He started to get hungry. I was like, can we at least watch the lions? Like, have the football one time, please. Um, and we did. And he was like, he loved the huge stadium and like all the noise. And like, he was like asking like, how'd that team get three points? And how, you know, like all that stuff. So I was trying to explain it to him. And then we went up and got snacks and he got dipping dots and they were all frozen together. So I had to literally like break them apart by hand, which, yeah. which as you broke them apart by hand, they became like some type of cruise missile for the people behind and around me. So yeah. I'm like trying to break this like super like secretly. And I ended up with it. Apparently did not know this. Cause my son left me hanging out to dry. Apparently I had some like on my face and Jess goes, what is that blue thing on your face? I'm like, what? So that happened. And I had it all over my pants, all over my hands. Like, he's sitting there eating it like nothing happened. Um, and then we walked around the entire stadium and rode the escalators because he wanted to ride the escalators. And we left with five minutes left in the second quarter. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. We got right. there with, like, 12 minutes left in the first quarter and then left with about five and a half minutes left in the second quarter, which honestly, like we had parked like three blocks away in a parking structure. It was still daylight out. I could take him by to show him like the Tigers, like baseball field too. So like, it was perfectly fine. Like I didn't honestly, like I don't have a problem being in downtown Detroit. I just don't want to be in downtown Detroit with my son for the first time. And like all those people, so we left yeah. before anybody else did, and it was it was good. It was good. Yeah, uh, escalators riding. So when we got, I don't remember if this was going to or from, but we were in the Detroit airport, or was it, or maybe it was another one. Anyways, one of the one of the airports we were on earlier this summer and we were just like trying to kill time and the kids all they wanted to do was go up and down the escalator so we I made know. this we made this little route and because there was i think it was detroit um because you go up up the escalators and then you can walk down and there's like a a shop but then next to the shop there's the down escalators so we would just Go up one set, walk around, go down. The that was literally just... like what we did. We went up, yeah. we went up, we walked around the entirety of the stadium. And like, there were cool pictures. Like they have a huge, like a uh, lion's helmet, mm -hmm. like massive, massive that like five, six, seven people could stand under. So like he went and stood under it and we got a picture and like they have mannequins wearing the uniforms. So like. They had a, a home uniform, but then they had their, like, alternate, like, all-gray uniform with the brand-new helmet that they're wearing this year that's that mm -hmm. throwback blue one, mm -hmm. which looks super sweet in person. Like, yeah. this, the uniform combination still sucks terribly, and they <laughs> screwed the pooch on that one. Yeah. But, like, the helmet itself is incredible. 
Uh, so he got to, like, take a picture with the uniform, and then we just, like, kept walking around. <sighs> got back to the escalators, and he's like, we wrote it down. I was like, do you want to go home? Do you want to go back to our seats? Like, what do you want to do? He's like, I think I want to go home, but I want to ride the escalator one more time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we went up, and it was, like, literally up, down, gone. And that was that. Cool. So it was fun. Yeah. Um, but I think he's going to enjoy going to a baseball game. It's just a bit more of a conundrum for me because, like, I have no problem leaving a preseason NFL game early yeah. in the second quarter because it was like I wanted to get home. If he wants to leave a Tigers game early, though, he's going to be disappointed. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Well, that was... I have trouble leaving baseball games early. It's like a bad yeah. omen. You never do that. Yeah. Except I'm not uh, sure I, you. I, yeah. I mean, I've been to, I've been to several – baseball games both major league and then uh minor league games and i i've stayed to the end for a couple of them but many of them left early it's really unfortunate that you are not a baseball fan considering your cincinnati team is one of the more exciting teams in all of baseball this year yeah well yeah and i i had a had a slight i know i'd say i'm still I'm still checking on where they're standing and stuff, but yeah, there was a there was definitely a week there where I was actually, you know, I had games on GameCast and was following. There you go. Just like, all right, how's this? How's it gonna work? Yeah, they're exciting. I I guess my so I, growing up, I actually I did really enjoy baseball, and I some of my favorite memories uh, with my grandfather. Mine were too. We're going to his house. Uh, over the summer and just hanging out with him and we'd watch he was a Braves fan or I don't know if that when was this what people. years do you remember oh this is this is the 90s this is when when, when... the Braves went four, year, four okay, years four years in a row and didn't win yeah um, yeah and so David Justice and uh, well, Mark and Lemke had... and Javi, Javier Lopez and Chipper yeah. Jones and Andrew yeah. Jones oh yeah well, was, I grew up before, watching that it was, team it was before it was before Chipper Jones Chipper Jones oh, before was Chipper like, yeah um, as David David Justice was on there, Fred McGriff came over oh. from the Padres. Um, I mean, and then their their pitching staff: Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox and John Smoltz. Smoltz, yeah. Steve Avery um, on that team. Yes, Steve Avery was on that Steve team. Steve Avery went to my high school. Oh wow! Taylor. Yeah. And my claim to fame is my freshman year of high school, he came and pitched batting practice to us, yeah. and I hit one out as a freshman against him and he was i mean it was batting practice right Mm -hmm. so i mean he was not pitching at the major league level i'm not bragging about that it was just literally like hey get hits and i put one out on him the very next pitch was a knuckleball at my head yeah kind of like a (laughs) let me show you who's the boss buddy (laughs) it's like listen like i i i I didn't get hit i I will i got up brushed my pants off i go i get it man like i got it (laughs) This old, you know, thirteen-year-old yeah. freshman kid that just took a major leaguer deep, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and then, but over over time, I mean, football because I I also I've always loved football, yeah. And when I got to high school, I started playing football. There was also there was a strike, you know, ninety four. Ninety well, there was there was a second one. That was that was later, I thought. Ninety eight was a huge uh, the home run race with McGuire and Sosa. 
Oh, okay. Well, then the strike then, was yeah, in '94. Okay. Well, yeah. then, it, then it would have been. There's a previous one, I think, in yeah. like the '80s or late '70s, and then '94 yeah. yeah. was the next one. Yeah, it, that that would make sense because I went to I started high school in '96. So yeah, by that time, I just kind of phased out of baseball and focused primarily on football. And also the I, I think it, it, I think this is true for many of the things that I enjoy. You were talking about like what do you do to rest and stuff. If I don't ha- have an interest in like how things are functioning, yeah, uh, like uh, like soccer, exactly. That's yeah. that's, that's, that's uh, exactly and I, the I, example I was going to use. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I get I, in trouble I, with all my friends because I'm just like, listen, <laughs> I don't enjoy watching the game because I don't know how to play the game. C- correct. Yeah, and and I don't know the strategies that are behind it. Like, what should you be looking for? Whereas for football, correct, it's like you can. And are and they man coverage? To, are they in zone coverage? Are they right? Yeah. You know, well, and it was like we had that conversation in the office yeah. uh, about Aiden Hutchinson. And it's like, why is he lining yeah. up out here? And I know. like when you asked me that, I, I didn't have a good answer at the time. And I thought about that for like an entire month or something. And I was like, you know, when they get to that level, there are so many things that they are keying on. Like, I know. He probably has a reason for it, but you know. Was that? Did he? And then they ended up moving him out and standing him up, and he ended up being actually good, which was whose suggestion? (laughs) This guy. Yeah. Not that I I claim to be an expert about sports, but I know a thing or two. Like I could, and that's why I asked you because I knew you had played like, and you had played in the trenches too. I was like, I showed you the video I was watching on that too, right? And I was like. Yeah. There's got to be something here, right? There's something yeah. wrong with the way that he's doing this. Yeah. And and, and we were right yeah. because the next week they extended him out, yeah. stood him up, and took his hand out of the ground. Yeah. So, but, so that's – And that's 11 kind of the... sacks later he was <laughs> yeah. Pepsi's rookie of the year. Yeah. And so that that's kind of – you know, in that – in being able to watch a football game – and, yeah. and enjoy it on those levels. I, I can't watch baseball the same way. And the thing is, I know that those exist because I, I had a conversation with a, a friend of mine, or well, his friend. He was actually a, a, one of my Sunday school teachers when I was growing up. As I was asking him, like he was a huge baseball fan, and I was like, "Why, you know, why do you find this so compelling?" And he described this huge. Uh, it he he gave it. He was also a writer, so he had it was very well crafted but there was this narrative of of a shift and like all the communication that was going on between the pitcher the catcher second base and shortstop yeah. and like all these things and i was like i've never even thought about that and he goes that's what the beauty of baseball is it's pageantry and it's, emotion yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's poetry emotion and it is pure pageantry yeah. that's why it's america's pastime and the greatest game on earth as far as i'm concerned but right. I, I know people disagree with me. Although, right. as you told me, your kids are got a baseball bat and ready to swing it. So that was yeah, that was the it, so they've had that bat for a while. Yeah, and like they all of a sudden tonight they're like, hey, let's yeah, play baseball. Like, let's play baseball. And yeah, and what was what was crazy was Anna, uh, my daughter, oldest daughter, who picked it up and was like, let's play baseball. And she had a ball, and it wasn't a you know a yeah a, a softball. It was actually. It's this like more like a, a kickball. It was like yeah. one of those inflatable balls you get from Walmart or whatever. Yeah. I was like, all right, that that's a big enough ball that you can hit with that bat. <laughs> and for the first time ever swinging it, 
this this will work. And sure enough, they did. Like there you go. Uh, and it was, and then I we set up we set up a little diamond, um, and I was like, all right. As soon as you hit it, you have to run to first, and then you have to run to second, and run to third, and then yeah. run home. And yeah, they they both picked up on it, and they were having fun. So uh, yeah, so Jack is always the hitter, and Nora's always the fielder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which she's fine with because she just likes chasing after the ball. And tonight she was standing next to me while I was pitching, and he got a hold of one, and it went. <laughs> Right off, what? like, the side of her head. Just a plastic it, ball, it, like, okay. she was fine. But, yeah, she yeah. just, like, she, yeah. like, started crying out of shock. And he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I was like, dude, yeah. it was a good hit. She'll be okay. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it's fine. <laughs> just rub yeah. some dirt on it, kid. <laughs> no, I cared for my daughter and made sure yeah. she was okay instead of pulled the old dang yeah. arm. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, I think about, like, I asked you about the rest thing. Like, mm-hmm. I being with the family is always good. It's stressful though. It's not really relaxing. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, I need to be able to like legitimately just turn my mind off in order to like f- relax. But the problem with that is, the moment that happens, I'm useless until I <laughs> until I get back up. Yeah, like. Which is why, like, I'm glad, like, when we go to the field and stuff, it's, like, pretty, like, there's not really a lot of downtime, which is good, because if I, like, were to turn on a show or listen to something to just, like, melt the mind, like, I'm done for, like, the rest of the night. Like, nothing Mm -hmm. is happening. I'm barely probably getting off the couch. There have been legitimately times I've fallen asleep on the couch and woke up and been like, I'm not moving. I'm just going to stay sleeping. (laughs) Because, like, I shut it off, man. I shut it off. Um. But, yeah, I, sometimes it's, like, I like to read. It's just, I, I forget, I think we talked about this on a previous episode. I think it might have been the the rest um, the rest podcast that we did. But, like, it's just, like, shifting your brain. Yeah. Like, like utilizing a different part of your brain in order to, like, rest, right? And, yeah. Which stinks, because I like to read. But, like, I'm literally in front of a computer reading and doing stuff all day long, so I can't, like, yeah. just sit there and concentrate to read. Yeah. Well, and, and there's a – with reading, I mean, there's there's kind of, like, reading for work and then there's yeah. reading for recreation. But the, the problem for me is, like, what I like to read for recreation often has to do with work. So, uh-huh. Not the, me, man. Good. Not me. Like, I, I understand what you're saying. The yeah. only crossover I might have is like, I enjoy reading history for pleasure, like mm-hmm. for recreation, but not church history, like yeah. nothing like that. Like, I give me Civil War. I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I got Stephen King's Gunslinger, mm-hmm. like the first book in the Dark Tower Dark series. Tower. Yeah, that I'll most likely be taking to California with me and hopefully finishing mm-hmm. it there. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. I got I got a red light. I'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah, like I, well, one I don't read fiction, like at all. But, like you just don't like, enjoy not, it. Yeah, I. I See, I love yeah. fiction. I love historical I'm, fiction. I I've never never really been able to get into it. I'm trying to think of the last fiction book that I read. 
and oh man it, yeah that's definitely two it, different interests of ours then it, it might be it this this is gonna sound nuts no uh the hunger games might okay. have been in As which I, were good books yeah like that those are those are really those were very interesting and good books and the yeah. movies were pretty good too yeah um I mean, technically, I, I, I read. I guess technically, the last fiction book I read was um, *The Magician's Nephew* by C.S. Lewis, which was the. It's the first book in the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. I read that. I I tried reading it to the kids, but they just they weren't quite there Getting to it, grasp yeah. that this is what's going on. So I I put that aside because I'm I'm gonna go I'm try to read all of those the the whole series to them. Um, at some I think point. I have them all in one book. <clears throat> I think I had the whole collection in one book. I just don't know where it's at. I know I have the entire Sherlock Holmes collection in one book. Oh, wow. Yeah. The complete collection yeah. of Sherlock Holmes I have there. I got the Dark Tower series from Stephen uh, King, too, that I got mm. for a Christmas present because King's, like, my favorite author. I, I love him. Like. I... I, I enjoy his audiobooks though too. Like his audiobooks are so good. And I was nervous to read him at first because mm-hmm. my uncle showed me it when I was eleven. Oh, the like the movie book or showed you oh. the movie when I was eleven <laughs> with, years old with with Tim Curry as the oh yeah yeah and you know that scene in in it in the movie it where. Like the guy and the girl kiss, and then he looks in the mirror and he sees the yellow pants of the clown, uh, yeah, or whatever. It's like a hallucination or something. Yeah, I don't remember because I was like terrified out of my freaking mind at this point. Yeah, but, like I just continued to see that like in my dreams at night was that like scene specifically. Yeah. So knowing that Stephen King read, wrote that book, I was like, Mm-mm, no, I will yeah. never read you again because I have a very active imagination, and yeah. I will never sleep if I read your books. And so. <laughs> It took me to be about 28, 29 years old to work up the courage, um, and I was working on my own novel and realized, you know, if they always say if you want to be a millionaire, hang out with millionaires. If you want to be a billionaire, hang out with billionaires, right? But I want to be a writer, so hang out with writers. So I got Stephen King's memoir, and I read his memoir because I was like, that's got to be safe, right? There's no scary stuff in there. Right. <laughs> there can't be anything. And I read it, and I was like hooked. Like, this guy's such mm-hmm. a good writer. So then I found another book that I figured could be safe, which was 112263, his time travel book about the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Oh, okay. Which is my favorite novel of all time, and I read it at least once a year. Um, And I read it, and I was like, okay, now it's time to go back, and it's time to read everything that he has written in order because he's my favorite. Trivia note on that. Do you know who else died that exact same day? Oh, gosh. We've already mentioned him in this episode. Knowing that it's you, it's obviously connected to some type of Christian writing. Yeah. And it's probably C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. Yeah. That's exactly He died on the same day John Kennedy did? Same day. That's JFK very died. interesting. I did not know that. That was just deductive yeah. reasoning. Doing my best Sherlock Holmes impersonation. It's elementary, my dear Watson. <laughs> Um, so, so that that hooked you on King, and then oh yeah, you started reading. Yeah. So did you did you ever go back and read it? 
I haven't I haven't it's gotten coming. I haven't gotten there in his anthology yet. Okay. So like I've I've um but I've read like all of them. And the crazy thing is is like with him this is something that I talked to like Sergeant Sermon about and all that because he's a big reader too. Yeah. But like every one of Stephen King's books are connected. He has this whole oh. universe that yeah, is yeah. like okay. it's insanity. Whether it's cities that are mentioned or previous characters, like the clown from it could be wrong, but is mentioned in eleven twenty two sixty three. Oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah. It's insane. Because I believe it occurred in the city of Derry. Yep. Okay. And Derry is one of the stops that the time traveler makes on the way to Dallas. Okay. This man is a freaking genius. Yeah. He's so good at what he does. I've... So if you ever wanted to read fiction, I would highly yeah. suggest. But like the eleven twenty two sixty three one is is interesting, just because. I mean, I've I, I I've always enjoyed like reading about Kennedy and like forties, mm -hmm. fifties, and sixties are some of my favorite time periods. So like, of course, I would read about them. When you were living in Texas, did you ever go to the depository and all that stuff? Okay. The Sixth Floor Museum, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I think was... I went twice. Like, I know for sure I went into the museum at least once and went down to the museum probably two or three times. Gotcha. Yeah, I've, It's insane. I've... Like, it's still... Yeah. The boxes was... are still arranged how they were on that day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they glass glassed it in. Yeah, yeah. I I've I've been there once, and it was it was really interesting, but it was also I mean, there's like, you know, and then I, we watched JFK the movie the um, the one with Kevin Costner. Yeah, um, yeah. Who's the director? Um, Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. Yeah, thank you. It's like not Stanley Kubrick, but yeah. Mm. And you know that was. That was an interesting, like, I, I don't know that we'll ever know exactly, but it's like, wow, you know, all, all this stuff is, that was, that, the curiosity that was involved in all that was like, oh, this is. Isn't that really the thing about happen. conspiracy theories, though? They just, <laughs> they just bleed to our curiosity and we are yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, you go to the Sixth Floor Museum and you look at, like, the elm tree or whatever that's there. You're like, there's yeah. no way somebody could have made this shot. And then you realize, hold on a second. This was 50 yeah. years ago. 60 years ago. That tree was either, A, not there yeah. or that big. So, mm -hmm. like, relax. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, could could he have made those shots in succession in that time? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. King has a good afterword in that novel, though. Mm -hmm. Like a note from the writer, like, and he he talks about the conspiracy theories, and he says, "Listen, like, and when somebody like Stephen King, who is by nature a conspiracy like theorist, <laughs> that's like what he writes. Yeah. When he's telling you, like, just stop, like, yeah. you're kind of like, okay, that was. It's interesting you bring that up because I was listening to, so I've been listening to the Bible, um, you know, when I've been driving or whatever. If I'm not listening to other podcast and so i've been listening to isaiah and i can't i think it was isaiah 13 maybe i have to look it up now but it was talking about conspiracies and like how those are um 
detrimental. It's, it's just interesting that you bring well, that up. Especially for a Christian, right? Because what is the purpose of a conspiracy theory? To mm-hmm. deny truth. Or yeah. to at least question truth. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. Yeah. But then, they, of course, they're, they're going to come back and say, well... This is the truth. Yeah, I did if, my if own research. Coming, if, somebody, if somebody's covering up the truth... Don't be a well, sheep. That's, yeah, well, I know. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole reason why we have what some believe to be the Messiah running for president here in a few months. Like, same stuff. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, the thing that you shared with me uh, about the... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was like, you got to be kidding me. And people finding the teachings <laughs> of Jesus too soft because it doesn't fit their Christian nationalism. Yeah. Like, golly, like, yeah. <sighs> I just, I, I don't even, I don't even know. Right. Like I don't even. Yeah. Well, there is, I mean, we, we've definitely talked about this off air. You want to shake some people sometimes like, Hey, yeah. He is an imperfect person. Can we stop acting like he is actually well, yeah, well, a I, savior? But but even if you go to push it even farther and go like, hey, the United States is not a Christian nation. Correct. <laughs> and, it's just like And arguably and never, never was a Christian yeah, nation. Can, could, like yeah. can we please have that chat? Right. Like, oh, it was founded on biblical principles. No. It was founded by a bunch of deists that were influenced by by the Enlightenment period. Exactly. That were focused more on reason than they were on faith and logic more than anything else. Like, can we take a deep breath and stop going, we need to get this nation back to God? Newsflash. Never was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And th- that, I think, hits home because... There's, yeah. Like, basing it on J- Judeo-Christian values and being a Christian nation are, are not mutually correct. exclusive ideas. Or, or, well, well, they are, but they are. They're not the same. Uh, correct. Is, they're uh, not yeah. like. Yes, I said yeah. that backwards. They are mutually exclusive <laughs> yeah. ideas. They are not the same thing. Yeah. And that was, it, that has been one of the. <sighs> And we were we were prepared for this a little in seminary, but coming into being a pastor and then having to try to help, you know, people like figure really figure out what they're doing with their lives and, you know, answer those tougher questions. It's like, holy cow, wait a second. I, you know, the the country is going to go the way the country goes. Correct. You're a citizen of heaven. Correct. Let's, let's let's focus. You're on an that exile part. and a sojourner. Peter tells you, right? Like that. <sighs> yeah. I talked about that a little bit today. I yeah. didn't use those exba- exact terms, but like when I taught in the older people, like I was talking to Ruth one. I went to I went back to Ruth. And I said, "Listen, we are all Elimelech, who <laughs> are idol seekers." And I, I, it was Martin Luther that said. We our heart is an idol factory. No, no. Who, who said that? It's your boy, Calvin. That was Calvin. My boy. Our don't heart. get out. No, no, no. <laughs> don't associate. Hold on a second. I'm in you trouble. Said you don't, were don't, don't. Baptist. Huh? 
Reformed as Calvin. I hold to Reformed yeah. theology, but not yeah. necessarily. Not mm. a Calvinist. Yeah. God. Golly. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I misquoted it. I said it was. Yeah, I attributed I mean, it to Luther because it should have been Luther that said well, it instead of Calvin. Yeah, Luther says something very similar to it, and um, <sighs> it, it was that the, the heart will will cling to basically whatever it yeah, wants. Yeah, and, and so I basically was saying, like, listen, like we're idolaters at some point. Like we are all seeking to replace Creator with creation, and to, I mean, to assert, I said, and our political ideologies can become an idol. They absolutely can. And they are an idol in a lot of ways nowadays because mm -hmm. I was reading, and I don't know why I do this. It's like maybe entertainment or what, but like I was reading a comment section on Facebook just just because. Wasn't going to engage, but I just wanted to read it, right? Mm -hmm. And it was, if you're not a conservative Republican, then you need to read your Bible. Yeah. It, it was like on a Christian-like page, right? The only the only political position that's supported is the the in the Bible is the conservative position, and I'm like, yeah, no, like you should absolutely influence your political decisions with Scripture, no mm -hmm. doubt, but you cannot read your political positions into Scripture, correct? Either, like, like yeah. No, and 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 that's there's but, a very socially liberal aspect to some of the teachings of Jesus, right? To caring for the widows and the orphans, mm -hmm. and like that, there are socially liberal aspects. But you try to tell somebody that, and it's like, yeah, there's conservative ideal. That's abortion, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, okay, we agree, <laughs> but can we stop? Yeah, well, and and it, it is so frustrating that we have limited ourselves i mean not there's this is not mandated but this just is always how it turns out you you're either a republican or a democrat like mm -hmm. when you're voting for a presidential nominations or whatever and typically the higher higher offices there are independents out there which is great they're libertarians it's but Good. how dare you vote for one of those third parties that's just a vote for the opposite party of what i stand for yeah and I had to yeah. tell somebody, no, it's not. It's actually me exercising my individual single right to vote for yeah. this specific person. So it's yeah. a vote for them. It has nothing it to do with your two. Yeah. And it's and and I would argue, and our Dr. Bierman would argue, your vote and exercising that is your vocation as a citizen of this country. Correct. Like, that is the the necessary thing for you to do. Like that's the responsibility given to you to do. So. Vote your conscience. Vote, you know who. And granted, that, and that's that's my point with the two candidates. You're just like, my gosh, yeah. I so like all cards on the table. Like sometimes voting the conscience means maybe not voting for someone. I still vote on the other stuff, mm -hmm. but it may not be voting for anyone. In like the governor's race, I voted for everything yeah. on the ticket except for the governor's race mm -hmm. because I couldn't willfully. Support one of them, mm -hmm. and I also will not be voting for anyone who's associated with other certain people as well. Yeah. I'm just not going to say names at this point, but you can maybe <laughs> figure out figure who's out. who yeah. at that point. Um, yeah. Because I just I refuse to associate, and anybody who I think associates with, they're just not worth the, yeah. the hassle or the trouble. 
So I just didn't vote for governor, but I voted for everything else, which I still think exercises my vocation. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because my conscience was clear at that point, right? Like, I'm not going to violate my conscience just to exercise that right. Correct. I'm going to vote on the things that I can consciously, like, lay my head on the pillow at night. Yep. And for me, not voting for governor was part of that, that conscious decision. Yeah. Because there have been times I've walked out of the balloting and gone, I feel like I need to go take a shower. <laughs> yeah. like, well, this that, is that disgusting. Was, that, and that's, that's really... And so, like, I, I said I would refuse to do that again. And, and, and I have... We didn't do it the last election. We talked about it, but I, I'm 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 thinking that this next election, especially the the presidential election 2024, of at you know of holding just a prayer service at on election day at the church, and just opening it up and saying, "You guys come in here," and because there is like. Yeah, when you make that choice, whatever vote it is, however you cast, you're you're voting for an imperfect person to begin with. You're voting for a sinner. One hundred percent. And you know, you're voting praying that God does his will in them, with them, for the community at whatever level it is, whether it's your town, your township, or governor or president. And so to do you know vote during the day and then come to church that night and go, Lord, have mercy on us because we, the the people all around have chosen this and whoever gets there, you're the one that, that put them there in office and they need your wisdom. Correct. uh, (laughs) Of everything else. It's just uh, correct. And and, I think that that keeping that perspective is so important because so like, I don't understand specifically Christians that get upset at election results. I can understand being disappointed to a certain extent, but there's a couple things. Number one, God is sovereign and not surprised by any of it. (laughs) Right. So your complaining is literally worthless. Second, like, we're just exiles and sojourners. Mm Mm-hmm. And is and, and and this is not a statement. This is merely a speculation. But are we so concerned about making America Christian and getting to these values that we hold so dear because they're a comfort, and we don't know how to not be persecuted? That's an excellent question. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know that that's... We idolize and idealize in a lot of ways. Like, we need to get back to this Christian nation of great Christian... And it's like, when was that ever the case? Right. You had deists that started it. You had slave owners in between there, which... Yeah. That's a whole nother discussion. And then if you want to talk about, like, the early ideals of the 1900s, like... The golden age was everything just painted gold. Everybody was faking everything. That's not authentic or real. And then you get into like the World War II, 1950s and 60s. Like, what was ideal about them? Mm-hmm. Right? So, especially when it came to Christianity. So, like, when have we ever been that nation? And are we just idolizing that type of nation for our own yeah. comfort? 
I, mm-hmm. I tend to think that we do. Yeah. I definitely think there isn't. The, it, it, well, again, it comes down to this tension because there are wonderful, great elements to our country. That's why we Correct. joined the army. That's why we Correct. set to defend this country. Correct. And, and we and so, love this country. And, yeah. And so and to look but at I, that and go and go, that's what we want to aspire to. But to believe correct. that that has been consistent throughout the history of it. No, no. And, and we do have to come to terms with that. But there's also <laughs> the we're living and I heard a, 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 a pastor talk about it this way. We're not. We are nation groups or people groups inside a nation now, yeah. and it's you know by you can slice it however you want by geographically, by language, by class, uh, you know, economic class, even by race and ethnicity, because that is becoming you know correct. There, there, there's you know these types of things that people congregate and associate themselves around and then they but we kind of live under the illusion that we're still this one unified country and it's like no not really and that uh, and if if i were to i know we we don't get political or whatever but if i were to you know state well what's the what's your political beliefs well i would have to I, i would say I'm a state's right activist because the states know their people better than the federal government knows their their people. And even down beyond the states to counties and like letting the people at the lowest levels do how they organize, how they want to and live that way. And that's that. I like to think in a lot of ways I'm a libertarian at heart, though I don't know if that's necessarily true. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I just – we talk about, like, signing up for the Army and stuff like that because of what we believe this country to be and it being a great country. Yeah. But it's not because of it being, a like, a Christian – Right. A a bastion of Christian, like, hope. (laughs) Like, it's not – no, it, it houses people that should be. Yeah, but, but like I'm not in the army to make the army Christian because if yeah. so, then I'm violating the very fundamentals of what this country is. You know yeah. what I mean? Like right. in a lot of ways. Right. That's that's I think the the key point is that the what is so beautiful about this country is the ability to sp- speak freely about. Correct. Christianity to to freely proclaim the gospel to not have to worry about that but yet i think the point you're making that we have become comfortable with that freedom and now that it's you know uh opposed or yeah i mean i say is it though right yeah yeah, i know know, that it's that it's that it's now being that it's now being opposed as openly because there are, I, I, I mean, it, Very but this, clear this gets back, yeah, but this gets back to the actual founding of the country being about the individual's rights and mm-hmm. not like a Christian nation. So that, yeah, when individuals want to say, well, this is who I am and that isn't, that does not accord with God's will. Well, then there's obviously going to be opposition to the Christian 
faith, but to be able to still speak that freely, you know, that is a, a wonderful blessing, but you're right not to take that for granted. And I think that because we have, we, we did that for so long, we expect that that's going to be the same now and or that we have to get back to it. And well, the problem and is, it, is that that ship has sailed. And it like, yes, it, and it, and it sailed in a lot of ways when they legalized gay marriage. Yeah. Because like that, th that was like, I think one of the first times and maybe, maybe I wasn't around obviously for the decision of Roe v. Wade, but I lived under Roe v. Wade for a while um, until they repealed it just a few years ago. But yep. it, it seemed like kind of that almost a reckoning moment, right? For mm -hmm. Christians when they're like, oh, what? This yeah. this has been made like legal, yeah. right? And it's like, hold on a second, because like as Christians, specifically us in our traditions, like we we oppose gay marriage. We do not believe that it is biblical. It is not something that we would ever endorse. And I will never perform a wedding for a same sex couple. I don't care what year it is. I don't care what it costs me. That's just never a stand that I'm ever going to back down from. But. Again, and I'm not saying that it's okay. I, I don't believe that it is okay. My belief does not dictate American polity, though. Mm. And as American citizens who do not subscribe to my doctrine, should they not have the right to get married? And I think that was a question that a lot of people were asking that nobody had really asked before, and it kind of punched a lot of people in the face because mm. we're like, is this a Christian nation? It's like, <laughs> yeah, right. it's not. It's not. Right. You're you, you're a nation that has Christians, but it's not a Christian nation. Right. And like they have rights. America is saying to get married it doesn't necessarily mean that we agree with it. Yeah. And I do think. I mean, there are arguments that that can be made outside of the the biblical tradition. Sure. Uh, uh, for, sure. You know, like, is this beneficial for the flourishing of society? But then no. again, that gets into the realm of, well, okay, just who's going to argue better? <laughs> and, right. You know, how, and right. who's going to use the Constitution better right. and, and find that? And so, yeah, right. you're, you're there. The way that, the way our country is set up is that those things can be pushed, and and we're seeing that, and that's the we've talked about this in kind of the you know the cancel culture stuff and the, yep. um, you know other things, but the the reality is, if we're going to allow for freedom, freedom of expression, freedom of thought, freedom of speech, freedom of whatever, it can't be just relegated to a certain group. Correct. That's now, I, and we haven't talked much about any of this stuff, but you know the all the wokeism that goes on and like all that stuff that we're, that the Christian church is, is fired up about. And there's, there's plenty, of, there's plenty to be um, concerned about and to be discerning about as we, we think through these things. But the one thing that like they kind of realize and, and, and it's just true is that you, you, if you're, if you're only going to give these rights, these freedoms to a certain group, then you're privileging them. And that is, that's really what a lot of the woke stuff under, 
uh, undergirds their thought process. Now, I would critique them on other things and would be opposed to them because of fundamentally where that comes from. But that concept on the surface of you're just privileging this group over that group. And that's what's been going on for, you know, 150 years. If you're white Anglo-Saxon, straight, Christian, right. whatever, you know, um, so then, then yeah, that, that, that framework makes sense, but we have to come to the reality of if we're going to say freedom of religion, then that, that, that includes all, that includes all religions. Yep. But that also means that if we are given that freedom and until that freedom is taken away, we ought to be freely proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. We ought to be telling people, wait a second, whatever ideology that you've come up with, whatever your idol is, the true God says, that's going to be cast down. And he says, this is who I am. This is what I've done for you. I've created the world. I've given you life. Even though you rebelled against me and by your own nature are sinful and unclean, I have given my son for you to cleanse you of that, to restore you to me. And I promise you everlasting life with me in my kingdom when Christ returns. And so instead of trying to combat, you know, and especially on the political level of facing these things down, instead turning it to, okay, let's actually talk about who God is and what he's done and what that means for our lives. And let's propel our people and in our own lives toward that. And then whatever happens with the government, whatever happens with rights, whatever happens with the country, let it, let it fall because Correct. our citizenship is correct and that's where we get so narrow-minded <laughs> is like if america were to fail tomorrow well, guess what as a christian our hope is not in the red white and blue as much as we love the red white and blue and the stars and stripes and because it has afforded us certain opportunities based upon where god placed us in his sovereignty I'm not going to apologize for that ever, by the right. way. Like, that's not our hope. It's mm -hmm. not our... and It's not our purpose. Mm -hmm. our, we are sojourners. We are exiles. Yeah. Our citizenship lies with our Father, who mm -hmm. is in heaven, around whose throne we will be worshiping someday. With all the other nations that will be there because that's that's the other thing i think that, i know especially as we america as america first yeah and we're like wait a second you know we've got we've got Go brothers to and sisters. all of the nations and <laughs> preach the gospel and it's and well and yeah like you want to talk about like a christian nation you go percentage wise like you compare us to like some of the countries in africa and it's like well maybe those scales are tipping and they look more Christian than we do. But well, I mean, the the true commentary is that there are other countries sending missionaries to America again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we've become post Christian in a lot yeah. of ways. You know, which yeah. I, I don't even know if I like using the term post Christian for America. Like, mm -hmm. we just we need people with backbone that are more concerned about the gospel and truth. 
than political activism. If you want, like, like, they're legitimately, like, people bringing petitions into churches and, like, asking people to sign them. And I'm like, they're like, will you sign this for our governor? And I'm like, take that away from the church, please. Yeah. I will not ever, ever, (laughs) don't. So I I think I'm going to come down on a little little different spot than you on this. You might, but Um, I have no room for politics inside the church. So... So, so yeah, and I'm definitely going to come down because I think the church is a politic. And so, uh, the oh, okay. people, it, 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 and, and what I mean by that is, uh, we, uh, of all people, of all people groups mm-hmm. in the world, Christians should be the most active in politics because they've been, because they recognize God has an order to it. And has established these things for our good. And so Christians should be in those in those positions, um, using them for the sake of the neighbor. But I, I realize that gets really murky when you start to move beyond just the it, and even it's even murky in the community level. But when you definitely move beyond that to state and definitely at the federal level that's that's really tough to do and not only is it tough to hold that line of how christians should be acting in uh, the political sphere but their own uh i can't even think of the word character i guess is the is the best will come so so hugely under fire but the relationship that the church has with, you can call it the state, but just how life is organized should make Christians put them right at the forefront of that. Because we, we don't really talk this way, but when you go out in your community and you're doing good things for your community, be it a, a food uh, bank or clothing bank or whatever, or you're hosting a... Uh, uh, a community choir to teach people the beauty of music and stuff. That's actually a political in a very, uh, granted, more technical and kind of older sense. But that is a political action because you're trying to improve the value of life and, and, and human flourishing in that community. So in that regard, I would say we definitely need to be politically active. Just and not what I was talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, just, I agree I, with I, you I, on that. Okay. And okay. I agree with, I agree with, you know, pursuing politics and maybe holding mm-hmm. office and, you know, making sure you hold that line. I'm talking about, number one, I think there's no room for politics specifically in the pulpit. Because I think that is reserved for the word of God. And if we train our people correctly, then we can say this is how it influences your politics. But we're not mm-hmm. going to spend 30 minutes of Sunday's time when we're supposed to be discipling and training people to say this politician's evil. This politician is the one we need to support. That's mm-hmm. unacceptable to me. The other thing is like bringing a petition into church during a Sunday morning worship service and asking people to sign it again. Not the right place. Go mm-hmm. stalk them in the parking lot after <laughs> or before. Yeah. Don't bring it into the building while we're trying to worship. Mm-hmm. 
That's what I'm saying. Gotcha. Okay. I yeah. Because I do think that yeah, if you train someone in the Word of God, then these issues they take that, care that of themselves there, in a lot of way. You, yeah, and you're going to learn what is the correct definition of marriage. Correct. You're going to learn what does it mean that before before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Mm-hmm. What does that say about life and the Where necessity life to protect exactly? Correct. The necessity to protect that life. And all those, yeah. When we get talking about issues. being stewards of God's grace and the talents that he's given us, what does that tell us about fiscal responsibility and all the other things and, and defense? Yeah. And like, your your politics are not a filter for your view of Scripture, but Scripture so should be a yeah. filter for your politics and positions. Correct. Correct. That's all I I'm would saying. Agree with that. yeah. So okay. I'm going to lean heavier okay. on teaching the Bible than going. You know who I'm yep. supporting this November? Like, <laughs> right. don't give me that crap. Yeah. And and I think that too often you get people, like, you have people for a very limited time mm-hmm. when it comes to training and discipling them. Which is more important, that they vote for the right person for the next four years or that their eternity is secure? They, right. Like, that's, that's the important thing to me. Yeah. Because, again— Sojourners and exiles. Mm-hmm. It does not matter who's going to be elected in 2024. You know why? God already has a plan. He already knows who's going to be there. And my hope is uncorruptible, undefiled, and never fading away. And it's mm-hmm. not in who's elected in 2024. Yeah. It's not. And that's coming from somebody who's job could be very much dependent upon who is elected in 2024. It's true. But at the same time, it does not matter because God is sovereign Mm -hmm. and our hope lies somewhere else. (sighs) And this wasn't even a Christian nationalist talk, which we are going to have at some point because those people make me want to throw something very far. Yeah. Specifically them. Yeah, that's it, that will be a good discussion because I there's well, well we'll save it for that time we will because, save it for that time <laughs> and that may uh, be the podcast coming up in the next few weeks yeah but no. yeah there's a lot to say about that one no. I don't know we've been at this for an hour so why don't we give the people some time back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After we just right. inundated them with some and wasted, very heavy yeah. chaps chat. Yeah. I'm, this is and this like this is exactly what would happen in our office. I mean, it's pure stream of like consciousness. This. That's why we are doing and, these every so often to give you a little clue. And and maybe some of you that are listening have sat in the chaplain's office, and it's very reminiscent of conversations that you have had. <laughs> Yeah. We hope that you have enjoyed this chap's chat. He is Coleman, and I am AJ. We will be back next week with a brand new episode on the Two Chaps Pod, so make sure you tune in for that. Subscribe at YouTube, pound that bell for notifications, and make sure you like and rate us on Spotify and Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. We would appreciate the support. We will see you next week. Stay uncultured. <laughs>